Welcome, everybody. Tonight, the WWE live from Columbus, Ohio, brought you Extreme Rules. And we're going to talk about it all tonight on Tap Out Talk. Hit it. Good evening, everyone. I am your host, Brian, with Tap Out Talk. And we will go over all things live from Columbus, Ohio, it, WWE Extreme Rules. Some may argue, is it Extreme Rules or Extreme Fools? This pay-per-view did not have a lot of extreme measures to it. And we could go into a whole debate of why the WWE may want to move to a different direction with the naming of these pay-per-views in the future. But we'll go through each match and we're going to kind of talk about... Um, tonight was uh, very interesting. So my initial thoughts, um, it ended on a really good note. And I want to, you know, talk about that because I would like to end the podcast on a good note with that. But the rest of the show was a really a struggle tonight. And I couldn't help but feel like we were just in the middle of a big Monday Night Raw preview show. And um, it just really kind of, the production was off key tonight. Um, we just felt like there was a lot of just, you know, previews for upcoming things on Raw and SmackDown this week. I know the WWE's ratings are hurting really, really bad as of late. And the pressure is really on them to turn some ratings into um, for the USA Network and for Fox. And I know there's some uh, probably displeasure there. But reality is uh, WWE's got to start doing those little things again that made them a great um, television to watch. So let's get right into our first match. It was the pre-show match. And it was Liv Morgan versus Carmella. So um, this one, I was going to say, uh, was brought to you in Espanol. Um, a lot of, during the match, we got a lot of Combo S1, Wildness Alto, Muy Bien, E2. We got a lot of weird Spanish commentary crossing into the production. And then at one point we heard nothing but Spanish commentary during the match. And then we heard half of Pat McAfee and Michael Cole and the other half overlapping really badly on this Peacock network. I will be honest with you guys, this Peacock partnership with NBC being such a, you know, large company you know I, I expect them to have a better quality production with this and this whole rollout i've said it in the past has not gone well um for me as a consumer um it's gone well financially for me as a stockholder right so but i mean that's just as a fan that's not what i want to see um so the dual commentary during the match was very distracting and it's a shame because i felt like it took away from Liv morgan and carmella really bad um, but let's just talk a little about what we could kind of muster together. Uh, these girls, again, it was what you would expect from a typical pre-show match. Um, little things I noticed tonight that the performers did. A lot of little sudden nods to Triple H tonight um, as he's recovering from some major heart issues that kind of happened over the last few weeks. And you could see, you know, these girls and, and actually these performers, I should say, throughout the night kind of give nice little nods. I tried to pick up on most of them. Uh, tonight, the first one was Liv Morgan coming out and on her, she had bright green DX tape um, kind of throughout her outfit. And she always kind of goes for that goth, you know, alternative type look. And um, so she really kind of pulled that off nicely as a nice little nod to a recovering hunter. So um, her gear coming out, you know, that definitely caught my eye. And can, I was trying to block out the Spanish. I might have to get a translator for start doing these pay-per-views. Um, we now look at, you know, overall versus Carmella. I mean, it was her standard match, and Liv Morgan pulled out the win and um, kind of said she was sorry to Carmella and should have to do better. Um, not really much to talk about here, so let's go to the next one, guys. 
Next one was the first match of the evening on the bout. And um, this one actually was a throw-together match at the last second on the pre-show. And they announced it, that there would be a six-man tag team uh, match. You know, the pre-show, they showed Big E and Bobby Lashley there. And they were all confused by why they were even at the arena if they didn't have a match. And then, lo and behold, there happened to be a match made. Um, A six-man tag team match featuring the WWE Championship. um, Not for the title, but the WWE Champion. This um, kind of hurts me a little bit. Not just because, one, when's the last time the WWE Championship's been the first match on any pay-per-view? And then, if you do know that, comment that. But then also, I look at this and I'm like, why is your WWE Champion, Big E, um, why is he even in a six-man tag match on a pay-per-view? This is the same title that Andre and Hogan fought over at WrestleMania three and Warrior and Hogan. And this is just like such a big, you know, deal to have this title and it's just fallen so far. And the universal title has almost in the WWE's eyes become the premier title. And and that title is a fabricated title. It was just made up. Right. And it was just kind of brought in. So it's weird for me to see how this title has fallen so bad. Um, you know, it'd be one thing if it was the big gold championship of the old days, um, with the world champion, but Anyway, uh, let's get into this one. So it was a weird throw to gear match. It was nice to see Big E uh, reuniting with the New Day. I love their attire coming out in the Halloween theme outfits. The New Day always does a really good job of that, of kind of you know putting their you know little things into their work. Uh, really good back and forth action here. The pairing of Bobby Lashley and Amos and AJ Styles it was just awkward, right? Um, you know this, these guys aren't a team; they don't gel. And then um, as they were kind of fighting through, um, Lashley, you know, looked as a dominant performer. You know, one way I almost would have went with booking this is I would have almost went with Bobby Lashley in a handicap match against the New Day. And they could have wrote in some kind of craziness that allowed, you know, Lashley to come out on top by pinning, you know, Xavier Woods. Um, and then give him a validation for the title match. And you can't help but feel like this match was just here to fill time, but to also push the agenda of this week's television. I just kind of had that weird, awkward feeling, you know. Um, so when I look at it, you know, it's um, he dominated through, but there was some miscommunication at the end of the match between Styles and Lashley with some, you know, arguing over tagging in. Um, and, you know, at first I was like, ooh, this could set up a nice future match between Lashley and Styles, which I would actually be interested in seeing because, you know, those two would probably gel really well together. You know, think back to almost, you know, uh, Styles versus uh, Brock Lesnar a few years ago back, I believe, a Survivor Series. But regardless, um, I was kind of thought that was a nice little tease, but it wasn't what we we're gearing towards was we'll find out later. So uh, the New Day ends up getting the win here and uh, do some miscommunication. And this was, again, I was proven correct throughout the night, as we'll talk about later. It was a preview for the rest of the week of wrestling, basically. So let's go ahead. Up next, we have the Usos versus the Street Profits. We had a really good um, package kind of promoting this match, and they did a good job promoting it in the pre-show as well. So what we have here is we have really good champions in the Usos and one of the best modern-day tag teams in the WWE. We also have the Street Profits, who are the up and rising stars of from the NXT days into the WWE. Um, you know, they kind of fit that crime time type, you know, wrestling tag team from back in the day. 
Uh, what we look at here is um, a couple little things I noted. This was a really good standard tag team match. Like these guys know how to work. They know how to work a tag team. They tried to tell a nice story here with um, with a, a D'Angelo. You know, possibly like not you know having you know his partner's back, and so they played on that a little bit. But no, the Street Profits are fine. Um, I noticed the DX sign once again in this match off the top rope from the Street Profits. Just a little, you know, nod to DX, a.k.a. Hunter in this situation. Uh, it's nice to see the performers just give back a little bit to a guy that's helped him out a lot. Uh, good back and forth tag team. Storytelling was on point, even with the setup in the pre-show, like I said. And after about four fake finishes, I started to realize it was all going to be the Usos. And I knew going into this match, it's going to be about the Usos. You're not breaking up the Samoan dynasty and all this gold so soon. And they're sure not going to lose it to the Street Profits, you know, just to take the titles off the Usos because they are part of a main story. Um, but there were four really, you know, a few good fake finish moves that I was like, ooh, man, the Street Profits looked very real and legit. And that's what you want out of your storytelling. So the Usos win with a double splash from the top rope, got it done. Uso Penitentiary style, and um, they are still your SmackDown Tag Champions. All right, up next we have the Lashley Challenge. So we basically get Bobby Lashley in a backstage interview segment looking really ferocious and angry, and he basically says how he wants his title back and throws a challenge out to Big E for Monday Night Raw tomorrow night. Here we go. This is what I was talking about, guys. This is the preview show for Monday Night Raw. And that's really where Extreme Rules kind of, you know, made a lot of mistakes in steering off. So um, so we get this and I was like, all right, I get future build ideas. But, man, it just really, I don't know if it belongs on a pay-per-view when your WWE Championship was not an important part of the show. But it is what it is. And then we get more, more. This is just, you know, the hits keep coming with this show. Uh, we get an announcement all night for the WWE draft and that the draft is coming this week on SmackDown and it's going to be a two-night event carrying into Raw. And um, it's just, again, we're like shilling, you know, the WWE draft now. And we're talking about, you know, they started this with the Uso match and they were like, oh, the Usos might not ever be together again. Enjoy it while it lasts, folks. All right, great. And, you know, the draft is so confusing anymore because... You know, they seem to just, one time they have it in the spring after Mania. Then they have it in the fall. Then they have it. They just seem to have this thing whenever they want. And, you know, I'm all for a brand split, but the WWE has not done it well. And at this point, you know, it's almost too late. And there's too many titles and they all look the same. I won't go into a rant, but ultimately um, we did get a big, long commercial all night long and promoting from the announcers where you could just tell them, promote Fox, promote Raw, SmackDown, promote the draft. So this was, again, a big preview show for the week of wrestling. Up next, we've got our Raw women's title match. We've got Charlotte Flair versus Lex Bliss. We have um, basically this one that was being built up. Um, what kills me is this one was being built up supernatural as usual. And it's all around the doll Lily. So the title is basically a prop here. It's like the doll is the main focus of this match and this uh, storyline. So both of these girls are okay, you know, and they're wrestlers as performers. I like actually a lot of their work um, and respect it from their NXT days. So here we're showing a good promo package and where Charlotte gets a really good line telling a, a Bliss to um, let's not talk about originality. 
to kick off this match. And I thought that was a really good dig from, you know, SmackDown a few weeks ago where, or excuse me, Raw, where, um, you know, it was a nice dig at, you know, Bliss taking and basically WWE handing her uh, Bray Wyatt's character. And so I thought that was like, ooh, yeah, that's a good jab. But way to play into the real life stuff because they just kind of got rid of him and handed his character to her. Um, then we get a commercial break. So here's what kind of just annoys me about this Peacock uh, partnership even more. Um, we get a Bliss coming out, walking to the ring, and we get three commercial breaks during her entrance. Three, actually. Okay. That is known, ladies and gentlemen, in this industry as a jobber's entrance. Okay, and that means you're a nobody, you're a loser, you don't even deserve to be seen walking to the ring. That's what that means. Okay, on a pay per view during what's supposed to be a match. Oh, and by the way, in Bliss's hometown of Columbus, wow. I mean, I'm just wowed by that. I'm like, you literally ran three commercials. Um, I really feel like we're at this point where we're caring more about the commercials on the show than the actual show. So I was a little, I was really annoyed tonight at seeing this. I felt very bad for bliss. Um, you know, I know she's doing her job, but I just, you know, we got to think about when I get marketing and I get, you know, the whole, we got to find prime marketing spots, but we got to get these, these commercials got to get under control. And now they're interrupting pay-per-view entrances. Um, there's more on that later too. So now we have Charlotte Flair's entrance and I've noticed in her attire, it was very Finn Balor demon like, and I don't know if that was a respect nod, a polite nod, or if they're, I joked and I said, well, maybe they're just going to give Finn Balor's, um, demon gimmick to Charlotte. And that way you got bliss with, uh, Bray Wyatt's gimmick. And now you got, you know, Charlotte taking over Balor. Half of her outfit was half queen and half, you know, demon. And if you looked at the collar of that, it was very much Finn Balor spikes, you know, that you're usually around his neck. So, um, I was like, Oh boy, this is going to get interesting. If you know, Charlotte now has an inner demon, but, um, they went through the match, uh, back and forth match, pretty standard. Um, it wasn't really much of a match. It was more of a, just interaction. I'm going to call it the end of the day, Charlotte wins. Um, and the big payoff for this was the death of the doll Lily. And that is now going to steer this even further for Bliss. As she had a mental temper tantrum, adult temper tantrum in the middle of the ring and um, kind of went to the back. So carrying her dead doll. So I'm sure we'll get a reincarnation of the doll of some sorts or something. But um, we'll just kind of see where this one goes. Next one. All right, we had the United States Championship. Sheamus versus Damian Priest versus Jeff Hardy. We were telling a very big Cinderella story here with Jeff Hardy in this feud. So uh, Damian Priest is your current United States Champion. Um, they've handled him pretty well from his Bad Bunny partnership at Mania all the way to the United States title. This is about how you handle a young up-and-comer. Um, Sheamus comes out, and, uh, you know, Sheamus, uh, I was talking on a, on another chat, you know, tonight uh, during the event, and we were um, in the chat, we were just kind of laughing, um, and we were talking a little bit about, you know, how Seamus just seems to have, kind of be a weird dude. Like, you know, he comes out with a mask, um, he's got like the weird, you know, hat now, and then on top of that, um, you know, we have a lot of just different things, right? So, um, 
uh, the channel I was actually on was uh, sh shoes up, sleeves down. Uh, so real good, you know, channel. I enjoy some of their unboxings over there, and you know, he does a really good job there. But he said something uh, just cracked me up tonight. Was he said Seamus with that weird long furry coat, and then he kind of opens it up and flashes the crowd, and uh, he said it kind of reminds him of. Uh, the gremlins, you know, the, the gremlin from gremlins that actually flashed the, the girl in the, in the movie theater with the shades. And I just, I was laughing about it all night. Cause I was like, wow, that really is kind of what Seamus is doing kind of uh, perverted like, but uh, regardless. So now all I was going to see is, you know, Seamus as a gremlin flashing people now. So uh, kudos to him and his channel over there. He does a good job with that. But anyway, we were uh, getting into this match. Seamus was there as the third man, third wheel between Hardy and priest and Sheamus ended up taking the pinfall in this one. Um, I noticed also Sheamus in the mismatch tributed a suck it motion from the top rope. And then after that, started doing the Jeff Hardy dancing just to kind of play up the heel character. But at the end, Priest got a roll up on Sheamus for the win. And then after the match, him and Jeff Hardy exchanged some, you know, pleasantries in the ring. And, you know, they kind of did the I support you and you're a Cinderella story. Um, good for Priest, you know, it's the right call to keep the title on him. Um, nobody's really buying into Jeff Hardy right now, unfortunately. And, um, Seamus has had his time. So it was the right call tonight. All right. We get another backstage segment promoting Monday night. Raw Big E responds. And I know you guys were waiting all night and didn't think this match was going to happen, but he responds to Bobby Lashley's challenge. And he says he accepts and that he should be ready. And he's going to defend his title tomorrow night live on Monday night. Raw, um, you can see this coming a mile away, right? So, and then not only did they do now two segments backstage, we also get an announcement at the very end of the pay-per-view before they go off the air that Monday Night Raw is going to have Big E versus Lashley for the WWE Championship. So again, it's the preview for the wrestling. This is the preview show for the wrestling week. And um, it just hurts me that these are now not important, you know, pay-per-views, um, especially here, you know, my home state. But uh, let's go ahead. So then we get the SmackDown Women's Championship, Becky Lynch versus Bianca Belair. These two actually did not have a bad match, and um, I actually appreciate it. I was a little bit, you know, kind of just out of it tonight watching this show. And as I'm seeing these two going at it, they were slowly kind of grabbing my attention more. And I was like, all right, here we go. And um, something I'm realizing just, and I should know this because she showed it at Mania as well, Bianca is strong. She is a strong young lady. And uh, she... Um, Becky is still just a bigger star than her, right? And um, they're playing up this, you know, young blood kind of thing. But, um, you know, Bianca, she's slowly kind of winning me over. She's had good dance partners with Bailey and some Sasha and Becky. Um, so this match actually just kind of ended in a no contest. Uh, Sasha Banks comes out. So Banks is back and she comes out and she beats up um, Bianca Belair and kind of screws her out of a title win. And then from there, she's looking at Becky and Becky's not too sure where she stands with this. And she acts like she's friends. And then she beats up on Becky. Um, I can see these guys, you know, continuing with a program. Um, when Becky came and just took that title right back off of Bianca at first, I was a little bit like, wow, they just squashed her. But I think this might be the telling of a nice long program. And it's something we don't see nowadays is we think in terms of one-month increments, and WWE is here starting to think of long-term booking, which is so important in this industry. So now I feel like there's a better end game here. I think we're going to have a triple threat between Banks, Becky, and Bianca. 
And I feel like that is going to help showcase Bianca even a little bit more and build her stronger. Um, I feel like Lynch, you know, does keep this title for a while, but I could see a nice little program highlighting these women. So I'm interested to see more and where this goes. And then we get to the main event. And I'm going to be honest with you guys. This match was the best match on the card. It was the best interactions. It was the best, you know, fun storytelling, a mix between entertainment and wrestling. Um, I'm a sucker for both of these guys. I do like Finn Balor and the demon character. I think it's so amazing of a character. I like Roman Reigns as the head of the table. And so these guys in their match, and I was a little worried because, you know, you go into this, you just know we're feeding guys to Roman. Um, but it's the right call. You know, you're not going to give this title to Finn Balor and say, okay, you're our guy now. This is about a bigger play, and it's about building in the business and building Roman up as champion, right? And building him as a strong opposing force. So when somebody beats him, it's going to mean a lot and it's going to be a big moment. So right now, um, as Roman comes out, we get an announcement that he is now 391 days as WWE Universal Champion. Um, and it's the second longest reign in the history of that title. And Brock Lesnar, you know, if you guys know, is actually the first with 503 days. Hmm. So now I'm thinking, uh-oh, they're planting seeds for the Crown Jewel event and what's going to happen. All right, so here's where the peacock strikes again. We get awkward commercial breaks, two of them, in the middle of the championship main event champion's entrance. So during Roman's entrance, he gets a jobber entrance tonight. Wow. I mean, you just basically are selling so much airtime at the wrong times. And uh, it's, it's really bad for this product, okay? So regardless, I'm not trying to go on a rant here because... I get the business side of it, but man, it just kills me to kind of see these commercials getting shoved into our throats and we're, we're literally for a stream service that we're actually paying for. Right. And now we're getting commercials during championship main event guys entrances as well. Should never happen. They should always be planned. Um, regardless, we get the awkward commercials at Roman's entrance. And at this time, I'm a little scared that the demon is going to get commercials as well. Brought to you, the demon brought to you by, you know, whatever. Um, so now during, you know, Demon had a really good entrance. They are start actually right before the match starts. They start promoting Roman versus Brock at Crown Jewel before the match even starts. Oh my God. Like they literally started promoting and they said, and then uh, Pat McAfee goes, oh, well, I don't know if it'll be for the title. We'll find out tonight. Trying to recover, but I'm like, you guys are killing me. You were treating this not even as a B show. You guys are treating this as like a D minus, right? And I'm literally like, oh my gosh, we're going to witness the death of the demon tonight, Finn Bauer, which is an amazing character that he's built up so much and he puts a lot of heart in. Um, so, and they also mentioned, oh, the demons never lost in the WWE. Great. Now we're really going to see it and it's going to be bad. And I thought it was just going to be a Roman stomping them into the ground. Um, the reality is that didn't happen. The match was well-placed. They told a very good story. Um, they kept Roman strong and they kept Finn strong in this match. So um, there was a really cool high spot at the end of this match when uh, I've never seen this in wrestling. Like during the match, the... You know, Finn is out. The Usos come out. They beat him up. They throw him through the table. Roman spears him through the wall. Or, sorry, they double-kicked him, and Roman spears him through the wall. And then, at that point, 
he's pretty much looking dead on the floor and they're all laid out, right? And then all of a sudden, um, you hear the heartbeat. Thum, 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 thum. And his body starts convulsing to the heartbeat. And I'm like, what is going on? And you see the lights, the red lights in the arena flicker. And I'm like, okay. It caught my interest. And then at that point, his music hits, that hard rock, you know, his music hits. And he gets up and the demon's back alive. So it was like the demon took over his body and brought him back to life. And I loved it. I was like, oh my gosh, why have they, you know, this is special to use his theme song that brings so much power and energy during a match. And I love the concept of it because I was like, you know, yeah, I mean, people get amped up when they hear that song and they hear that heartbeat. Why not use that to bring him back and revive him during a match? That is the sports entertainment side of, you know, that we don't mind seeing. So he brings him back. He's coming up. Roman's looking like, oh my gosh, he's going to lose this title or something's going to happen. He could even win by disqualification perhaps. Um, and at that point, he goes to the top rope for the coup de gras, and all of a sudden, the rope breaks during the heartbeats again, and all the ropes break. Finn falls. He for a second, I'm thinking he's really injured. He looks bad. He gets up. Roman spears him. One, two, three. Roman is still your tribal chief and your head of the table. But I thought it was an interesting way to beat the demon. Um, the only thing I would do slightly different is they did show the ropes falling. From a different angle and it was definitely a mechanical created fall right i almost wouldn't have showed that just to give the illusion that the ropes did truly break without showing but it was very obvious that the uh the turnbuckle just collapsed you know and it was like a mechanical uh robotic you know arm that broke but basically um i loved it i honestly loved it i love this match so this um did make the show when looking back um with the quality of that match i look at the card and I am just like, wow, it wasn't a good card tonight or a good show. But the main event was very good, and I did enjoy that tonight. So um, let me give you guys my overall final thoughts. So at the end of the day, um, Extreme Rules was a little bit Extreme Fools. I mean, I felt like it was just shilling the week of wrestling. And we were pushing for Big E versus Bobby Lashley tomorrow night on Monday Night Raw. We were pushing for the draft on SmackDown starting on Friday. Please watch our product. We Our ratings are horrible. We really, really, really need more people to be excited about this. Um, what else can we throw at you guys? Hey, since you're watching a pay-per-view, because that's probably what anybody just watches anymore, um, we're going to tell you about all this all other awesome stuff that you're going to want to see, and we're going to hold your WWE Championship hostage and give you a taste in a six-man tag match, which should be a Monday Night Raw match. Um, so those are my final thoughts. I feel like a very bad production tonight. I'm just going to say it, and I, I hate to say bad about you know the company and product that I like, but just being real to you guys. Um, very bad production with the Spanish commentary overlapping the um, main commentary. Very bad production with the um, commercials being placed and giving people jobber entrances. And then on top of that, you know, just the shilling and promoting of the week. So um, Extreme Rules is a very missable pay-per-view this year. Um, I'm, You know, so at this point, um, one match. If you guys are going to watch this and you need an opinion, just check out the main event match with Finn Balor if you're interested. Finn always puts on a good show. And so does Roman with, you know, they were a good blend. But other than that, you can miss all this. And the reality is it's not going to matter in a year. Like people are barely even going to remember this exists. And I hate to say that, but it is what it is. So those are my final thoughts on WWE Extreme Rules. Comment below. Let me know what you guys think. But for right now, 
we're going to get out of here. Thanks for watching. Like, share, and subscribe. Always love having you guys in the community. And for now, it's game over.